Michigan State escapes a slight scare from Minnesota on Thursday night. Also, we're going to take a quick look ahead at the Maryland game coming up on Sunday. Michigan State hires Demetrius Martin, and then Michigan State Spartan Radio's own Dalton Shetler joins the show. We talk football, we talk basketball, we talk women's basketball, too. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white five days a week. If you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the best place to find us. Please rate review, subscribe, all that good stuff, and let's just get right into the show here because it's a busy first segment before being joined by Dalton Shetler of the Spartan Sport Radio Network. Uh, that got a little dicey there on Thursday night in a game where Michigan State was projected to win comfortably, and in the end, on the scoreboard, they still did. They won 76-66 to against the Minnesota Gophers. But oh my God, uh, whew, that 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 felt very reminiscent of the Indiana State game earlier this season. By that I mean Michigan State comfortable-ish lead at halftime. You can see or sense that they're going to pull away here, and that things are going to end correctly for the Michigan State Spartans. But just like the Indiana State game, holy crap, uh, these Gophers could not stop hitting shots. Uh, Mitchell specifically, and by the time you're halfway through the second half. You're wondering if the Gophers are ever going to miss another shot ever again for the rest of their lives because it wasn't for lack of defense from Michigan State. Minnesota was just hitting some really great, really tough shots. Again, just like the Indiana State game, eventually the boys did pull away. And for the 500th Big Ten game that Tom Izzo coached in, it ended in a victory, but oh my goodness gracious, that got a little dicey there. Now, who came to the rescue for Michigan State down the stretch when the game was tied at 62 wall with a little more than five minutes left to go in the night? Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker was the hero. 21 points, three steals, but it wasn't just 21 points. It was 12, sorry, it was 10 of Michigan State's last 12 points on the night. He just took the game in his own hands and ended it. So it was half that. And that just like the Indiana State game, I'm going to keep going back to that game, the Sycamores missed a lot of their last threes in that game, just how Minnesota missed, I believe it was last seven three-point attempts they had. So the combination of Minnesota missing, finally, their shots to end the game, and then the heroics of Tyson Walker saying, all right, guys, fine, it's closing time. Everyone everyone, relax. Yeah, that, that was big. And for a nice win, too, because what have we been talking about all week? is that Michigan State is set for a run here. Both because, hey, they're, they're playing good. You know, it's sure, they have lost a few games, but they're playing better in those losses. And also, this is going to be a favorable schedule for Michigan State. If you win these games, they're not really going to impress the committee, but at least you can build up your record, where if you lose these games, like, that would have been a bad loss, and that may have dinged Michigan State on their tournament resume. But fear not. Michigan State got it done. So we pointed out Tyson Walker. We also have to point out, yet again, 
Malik Hall, 16 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. And we're going to pull out a tweet from Solja, a great Michigan State basketball follow on Twitter. He tweeted out, Malik Hall is averaging 14.5 points per game over his last 6 games with a true shooting percentage of 62.2% from the field and 62.5% from deep. This stretch includes the Northwestern game where he notched 0 points. So he even took a vacation in one of those games in the last six games, and he's still averaging 14.5 points per game. And that three-point ball starting to heat up a little bit for Malik Hall, too. So you love to see that. Hey, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, but we've been experiencing some great stretches from Malik Hall. So I just wanted to point that out really quick. So... As Michigan State, uh, they hit the road one more time this Sunday before a nice little stretch here because it will be a break between the Maryland game and the Wisconsin game. They won't play that game until next Friday night. So a bye-ish week, so to speak, after this Maryland game. But let's talk about Maryland for a little bit here. Maryland, they are 11-7 and so far this season with some bad losses. This isn't like the Michigan State kind of eh record where they have good losses. Now, Maryland lost to Davidson earlier this year, UAB earlier this year. They lost to Indiana, which the Hoosiers this year are not good. And they also lost uh, narrowly at Minnesota. Obviously, we just saw that Minnesota is a little better than they were last year. Like, this isn't the classic Minnesota team where they're just getting pasted by everyone. But still, you would hope to beat them even if it is on the road. However, Maryland is turning a corner here because their last three games include a win versus Michigan, which... It's not going to impress a lot of people. Uh, a road win at Illinois. Now that is going to impress a ton of people. They won that game pretty handily, too, by nine points. And then a three-point loss to Northwestern. And unfortunately, us Michigan State fans know all too well that, um, yeah, that, that would have been cool to, you know, at least play Northwestern close on the road. So that is what we're looking at for Maryland. And it's going to be a lot of the same players we are familiar with. Guys like Jameer Young, that great point guard. Julian Reese, six foot nine Julian Reese, and six foot eight Dante Scott. My God, I feel like it's the same Maryland roster over and over and over again, dating back to like 2015. I, it, it, this is just the same Maryland team that we've already haven't seen. So what do they do? Well, it's a really good defensive team. They're 32nd in the country at adjusted defensive efficiency. They hold their opponents to just 45% effective field goal percentage. But on the flip side, they're not that great of a shooting team either. They shoot 47% in effective field goal percentage. Uh, that is 289th best in the country. They don't shoot the three-point ball that well. They actually are 346th in the country at shooting the three-point ball. So... Kind of looking like a mirror image of the Rutgers game because, well, Rutgers was really, really good defensively and, well, they, they couldn't throw the ball in the ocean if their toes were standing so far on the beach that their toes were touching the water. So it, it's going to be a tough game. We're going to see how well Michigan State's uh, recent offensive burst can travel on the road because it's, it's, it's never easy to hit the road in the Big Ten. As we've been learning the last few weeks, so that's what we have to look forward to noon on Sunday. The computers over at BartTorvik.com have Michigan State favored by 5.3 points. So take that for what you will. It's It'll be an interesting game. Michigan State needs a road win in the worst way possible. I'm more nervous for this game than I am the Lions game at 3 o'clock that day. So that really says a lot how important this game can be for Michigan State. If they lose, it's not going to tank their season, but... 
my God, they just got to get the monkey off their back of losing on the road. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. Really quick before we chat with our guy Dalton Shetler here in a second, uh, we got to talk about this Demetrius Martin hire because this hire happened a few days ago. Sorry it's taken this long to get to it. We've just had a few other conversations like Locked on Gophers the other day. So, sorry. This is uh, our thoughts on Demetrius Martin and uh, the 10th assistant coach on Jonathan Smith's staff. He will be the cornerbacks coach. So it's going to be two coaches in the secondary, Blue Adams being the safeties coach, and then Demetrius Martin as the cornerbacks coach, also the passing defense coordinator. Now, this guy is seasoned. Not only was he an All-Big Ten player back in his heyday in East Lansing, uh, as many of you know, former player at Michigan State, so he's coming home. But he's been a DB coach since 2001. Most recently, he was at Oregon for two seasons. Before that, he was at Colorado for two seasons. Before that, he was at Arizona for two seasons. Oregon, last year, they led the conference in opponent passing yards per game at Oregon. And that's really impressive because they also saw the sixth most pass attempts against them in the nation. So they saw a lot of teams throwing the ball all over the yard against them. But hey, uh, you know what? For the most part, there were a lot of incomplete passes, and they really limited the explosive plays too, which is something big under Joe Rossi's system here, is to just limit the explosive plays. So, I'll say that again. Led the conference in opponent passing yards per game while seeing some of the most pass attempts against them, not just in their own conference in the Pac-12, but in the nation. So, yeah, I mean, we like the hire. Um... It's it's hard to see a hire for an assistant coach and just think, oh, that sucks. I, I, by and large, a lot of these are wait and sees. We're not going to completely get an accurate grade until maybe two seasons in. But yeah, overall, I, bringing the guy home, he's got over two decades of experience, Power 5 experience, and hey, if this is some of your flavor that you like, he's going to bring some West Coast chops over. And there's no shortage of that on this staff, so I don't think many people are going to look at that and say, oh my god, finally. This guy can recruit in the West Coast. Like Michigan State has that in spades so far. But still, just a, another notch to put in the belt right there. So we will be joined by Dalton Scheller here in a quick second. We're talking football. We're talking basketball. We're also going to hit on women's basketball as well. It's a sport that we have neglected here. But it's a fun team this year over in Robin Fralick's first year. But first, need to talk your ear off about FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is long gone, but hey, as you guys already know, it's a beautiful slate of divisional playoff games coming up. So get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right. Don't stress the spread. Don't worry about laying the points. And don't, don't even lose sleep on whether you're going to win or lose your bet. Because if it's your first bet on FanDuel, for $5, you get $150 in bonus bets win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. Go ahead and make yourself a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? Get off the sidelines and go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Folks, Far too long since we've had this gentleman on Locked on Spartans. It's Dalton Shetler of MSU Radio. He is the voice of women's basketball. Also does some great work with the football team, too. And it's kind of why it's been so long, because I want to have Dalton on here and there throughout the season. But um, that got interesting, didn't it, that whole football season? Uh, Dalton, how on earth are you doing, my man? 
I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back with you. And yeah, it was it was a year, but you know, uh, oh. it's time to move the page. Things are looking bright in the future, and uh, a lot of good things moving forward with Jonathan Smith. Here, here. No, that that's a hard <laughs> agree on that one. Um, my first question is a question maybe people don't even care about, but I'm just curious myself because you're in the radio industry. Of course, you work alongside Michigan State. You're here to talk about all the great things happening or like fire up the fan base, especially when it comes to football. But those last two months, a little bit of a rocky road. We don't have to rehash every single thing that happened. But Dalton, um, how how were you able to do that? Just hop on the airwaves and just talk about Michigan State. Is, is that the hardest it will ever get for you, you think? Or was it all not that bad in the end? Well, it, I mean, the thing is, too, with Michigan State University, I mean, there's been some adversity over the last handful of years. There's been yeah, different sure. situations arise where you've kind of had to manage some of these things. But much to specifically this last football season, I think what you do is you, because of the position that it is, and it, you kind of mentioned you work alongside Michigan State University and you're, right. you're broadcasting those games, it, it gives you, for whatever reason, from that vantage point, an opportunity to see the good in things. And it gives you – because, look – Obviously, all that took place, but there were still uh, 10 games to go, and you had players that that had to buy in for whatever reason. And so you observe what that reason is, what what their why is, what that motivation is. You see why Harlan Barnett is kind of helping uh, batch down things and try to, to yeah. keep things afloat. And I think you use that as inspiration. Like, you, you find the good in that. And so when Harlan Barnett and the Spartans beat Nebraska – it, it is kind of euphoric at Spartan Stadium because you understand the adversity and you understand mm -hmm. that's kind of what propelled them to even keep this thing going uh, throughout the season. So I, I think you, as corny as that might say, you always kind of find the, the good in things. And, and yeah. I think that's what this season allowed us to do. It allowed you to get behind a Spartan dog in Harlan Barnett. It allowed you to get behind a bunch of guys that said, we're not leaving. We're staying here and sticking this out. Now I feel a little extra bad that it has been this long since we've had you on here. <laughs> That's the ring of sunshine <laughs> that was missing on this show. That's, we do our best. We do our best. Uh, no, and, and you do fantastic work, truly. Uh, because, yeah, I'm listening to a few of these pregame shows, like, late November. It's like, wow, he, he's still bringing it over there. Like, Dalton is a pro's <laughs> pro. Look at him go, man. So Appreciate it. But, I mean, you, you did mention the, the upcoming future for Michigan State football. And um, I, I asked beforehand if you were able to talk with Jonathan Smith, but not able yet. That guy's incredibly busy. Not a lot of people have been able to talk to him. But what have you just seen kind of from the outside-ish looking in? You're, you're still on the inside, but the outside-in-ish looking in. What, what's got you fired up about this regime early on in well, I, tenure? I think, and you mentioned he is busy because he's working through the transfer portal. He's oh, rounding yeah. out that coaching staff. And and things look great from the outside and, and seeing the, the moves mm -hmm. and the additions that have been made so far. But I think the biggest thing is – and. I mentioned we actually broadcasted the introductory press conference when he was announced as mm -hmm. the head coach from Michigan State and uh, listened to him talk. And look, I, I said it then. Everybody wins press conference day. Like yeah. nobody, nobody really ever leaves a loser. But I think the things that you took away from it was the principles and values that he holds in high regard. A lot of it sounded very D'Antonio-esque. And Mark D'Antonio yeah. was a couple rows back there in, in the um, – audience. And, and I think that's the big thing I took away was, look, I mean, we, we know Michigan state and, and you know how Mark D'Antonio got it done. It was, it was faith driven. It was blue collar. It was maximizing potential. And, and I think that's, that's where you go. And, and I think uh, what Jonathan's done early is lay the foundation to 
allow an ecosystem or an environment like that to thrive. And again, like you, you listen to him. And one of the questions was, what's a mantra that, that you bring from, from Oregon yeah. state. And he said, low ego, high output. And like, those are the kinds of things that I think Michigan state football just needs to get back to is, is very much the D'Antonio type era. And again, the Mark D'Antonio era provided us three big 10 titles. How, yeah. however many memories, a college yeah. football playoff appearance. I, I think it just needs to get back to that type of culture. And I think Jonathan Smith kind of has that. No, I agree. Yeah, we are seeing a lot of mirror images from the early D'Antonio days, no question. And we're going to get into women's basketball here in a hot second because obviously you are very well versed in all things Michigan State women's basketball. But at the start of the year, you got to step in for the Alcorn State game and Cohen Carr had a highlight where he jumped so high his head scraped the Magic Johnson banner in the rafters. And <laughs> you were on the call for that. Like, yep. is, is, is he the most electric player that you've been able to, to call a game for? I mean, just from a raw entertainment standpoint. 100%. I just did like yeah. a quick scan through the Rolodex in my head. And yeah, yeah. yeah. no, like it's it's Cohen Carr. I mean, it's the the uncanny ability to just take off. I mean, we're talking about somebody because there's some high flyers right throughout history. Oh, yeah. But one that's built like a semi truck, like it's right. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. And he's got a vertical of 48 inches. And every time you see him breaking to the basket with the ball or without the ball, like your eyes instantly gravitate. And I think a lot of people that have seen him in person can attest to that. Like you wherever you're sitting and the, the ball may be over there. But it, once you see Carr in that 55 jersey starting to make its way to the basket, it just attracts you there. And uh, yeah, so Cohen Carr, he, he left us a highlight dunk. And it's funny, Matt, too, because I've gotten so many questions of, uh, did you did you have that line ready? No, I, I just <laughs> absolutely, that was my gut reaction to Cohen Carr doing something that humans should not be able to do. Um, and that was, a, that was a good time. That was a lot of fun. No, I, I love that you mentioned that. Just whenever he touches the ball, like it's go time. At Little Caesars Arena, when he got that great outlet pass uh, and he's on the free throw line about to windmill dunk, right when he caught it, I, I can't say what I actually said on air, but I, I screamed even before he took off <laughs> something, yeah. And then even when you're just watching at home, it, it, now it's even before he even gets the ball. Like if you're watching the game and you see him backdoor cut as someone slashing to the lane, I'm just in my couch nodding. Showtime. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's, it's about to happen. <laughs> so, and, oh God. And you know what I love too, Matt, is there's so many players that are, are very talented and are just God yeah. gifted with that kind of athleticism. But what I find fascinating about Cohen Carr, um, of course, he does have some areas to develop and still improve. Yeah, but totally. I, I find fascinating how hard he works. I mean, him yeah. working the offensive glass, the way he he dives yeah. on the floor, the things he does, it's just, it feels like those are the kinds of things that a lot of players of his capability in high school, they're like, I don't really need to do that because I'm still going to drop 40 by dunking on everybody's head right. throughout this game. <laughs> yeah. I don't really need to do that stuff. But Cohen Carr seems to have immersed himself in, in that layer. And I, I think that is maybe one of the wrinkles that's going to make Cohen Carr uh, uber special by the time he's done. And we're going to talk about another special thing going on in President Center. The women's basketball team, uh, we thought it would be a little bit of a rebuild with Robin Freilich. 
Maybe not. Uh, but first, before we get to that, Dalton, I'm so sorry. I got to send you to the bench because I need to talk the people's ears off about Game Time, the greatest ticketing app in the game, folks. If you don't believe me, just go try it yourself. This is the easiest app out there and also so great at saving you money. Whether it's a Michigan State basketball game coming up or, hey, if you're brave enough to get to Ford Field this weekend and head to the divisional round playoff game, go start checking the ticket prices right now. They have great flash deals throughout the week, whether it's a sporting event, comedy show, concert, theatrical performance, if it's a ticketed event, hey, Game Time's going to have some great flash deals for that event. Or if you're a last-minute person, as you're walking up to the stadium or the theater, open up your Game Time app, check out their last-minute deals. They are truly second to none. Also, hey, it's just so easy to get your ticket zapped to your phone. It's just two taps. Boom, boom. Bang, straight to your phone. You don't want to rummage through all your email wondering, oh my God, when are the tickets going to get to my phone? No, they're just sent right there. It is so painless with game time. So what are you waiting for out there? Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON. That's all one word for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And let's get... The voice of MSU women's basketball, Dalton Shetler, back onto the show here because this is a sport, admittedly, that we have not given enough shine to on the show here so far. And what better person to drag on here than Dalton Shetler, the man who has been broadcasting MSU's 13-4 and season so far. If you look at Bracketology, and this was before their big win over Northwestern last night, they're squarely in as a nine seed. Uh, Dalton, is, is this at all a surprise right now or is this kind of something that was expected in Robin Fralick's first year at Michigan State I, I definitely think you lean surprise and uh, this what kind of makes this season so special too because mm -hmm. look it's it's a surprise for a couple of reasons a you get a new coach in Robin Fralick and you don't know how long maybe that system or that vision takes to gel oh, and click that's it's a tough thing to project uh, but then you start looking at the year right and heading in Michigan State women's basketball is going to be an undersized team. It just didn't have a lot of post presence. You get in a couple weeks into the year, Isa Alexander, your starting five, is out for the season. She suffers an injury. Gabby Elliott, one of the leading rebounders on this squad, suffers an injury. She's done for the season. You okay. keep going through. You get to Mary Meng, the six foot five freshman who you threw in there in the post sum. She's out for the year with an injury. Wow. So immediately, Robin Freilich was almost dizzied by just like the adversity of injuries. And I've asked her before, I was like, have you ever seen anything like this? And she was, she was pretty snapped back. She said, no, never. This is <laughs> one of a kind in my career. So, I, I mean, there has been so much adversity to what was already an undersized team, just losing all of its post players. And so there's a player rotation now of about seven. Uh, sometimes it extends to eight, but seven players. And these seven players are undersized but they're battling the best in the Big Ten Conference. And I think that's one of the aspects that makes this really, really fun and unique to watch is that this is a team that is really short on depth, short physically, and they've been able to, to kind of rally around with each other and, and pull off this year with their 13-4, and 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten, playing some of the very best in the conference. He went down to the wire with Iowa already, uh, lost by just five points at Ohio State. I mean, this, this team has been playing hard and fun. And this is, I, I use the word fun there. I think that's the biggest thing. Folks, if you have not watched this Michigan State women's basketball team yet, give it a chance because I think you'll love just the fun that exudes from this squad. I mean, this is this is a group that Robin Freilich has kind of stripped down to the studs 
and just reintroduce the idea of the innocence of the game of basketball. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you got involved, right? Because you were a kid and you loved the game. Let's be kids. Let's have fun. Let's just have a good time with it. And uh, throughout the game, you'll see players smiling. Last night, the officials were going to the monitor to review a, a situation, and two players, Jocelyn Tate and D.D. Hageman, were having a dance-off. I mean, it's just – it's a lot of fun. I mean, and that's just just the energy. They, they play serious. They play hard. They want to win. But they're there to have a good time. And it's this infectious energy that you can feel through the bleachers. You can feel through the radio. You can feel through the TV. It's something that you want to cling on to because this is a group that's that's just having fun. There's a joy mm-hmm. in the game. And honestly, it welcomes you to have fun with them, too. I love that because, yeah, it, it, it kind of just seems like a different energy in Breslin Center when you're watching the women's team. I haven't been able to go to actually see them in person yet this year. But, like, and without talking, you know, down on Susie Merchant and, like, how things ended there, because obviously she did great things for Michigan State basketball. Mm-hmm. But is, is that fair to say that there, there's just a new energy in the air? I mean, I know that's what you kind of ended on, but that, that is that is what's, what's going on inside of Breslin Center. I, I would say in, in some respects, and, and you're right, because yeah. like Susie did a lot of great things, but it, Robin has, has found a way to kind of click in with, with some of these players. And, and just, mm-hmm. I, I suppose maybe that is the best way to say it, just refresh or reintroduce the, the innocence of the game. And yeah. again, I mean, these players are taking it from the, the, the bare core of, of just having fun with it. And to your point, I mean, Susie did a lot of great things, but I think yeah. that energy has been, has absolutely been a factor this season. And also, to, just about the, the fun. I mean, 88.4 points per game. I, I believe that is second in the conference. Actually, that's a little higher since they scored 91 against Northwestern. Yep. But it, it, it's lightning I mean, on, on the court with this team. But on that, there is one team above them in the Big Ten. It's Iowa and Dalton. Here comes a really stupid question. You ready for this one? This, sure. this could be one of my worst I've had so far this year. <laughs> You mentioned that they just narrowly lost to Iowa. Of course, Caitlin Clark, I'm sure many people saw the highlight. She buries a last-second three-pointer to beat Michigan State. That was a road game against one of the best teams in the country, against, in my opinion, the most electric college basketball player, men or women, in the whole nation. So Mm -hmm. here's the dumb question, Dalton. Is that loss Michigan State's best game? I'm that that like there's 13 wins to choose from, but like, is that game playing that close this early into Robin Freilich's tenure here. Is it the best game or is there another one that kind of sticks out to you? I don't think it's a dumb question. I, I would point to if you, yeah, you're welcome. Um, I would point to the game before that was a road trip to Penn state. And, and here's what's interesting, Matt. So the non-conference, um, it, it got a little heated up down in Cancun playing a Creighton team that was in the top 25. But for the most part, the non-conference was a little lackluster, you could say. Um, so you're, you're still trying to figure out what exactly you are. Sure, you're winning a lot of games. Excuse me. Sure, you're scoring 90-some points a game. But w- what are you exactly? And then that road game at Penn State was the second Big Ten game of the the year. It was the first one since that revamp, like after the holiday break. Um, And Penn State is a program that got ranked this year for the first time in 25 years. And so this is a good Penn State team. Michigan State went on the road, beat them 98-87, scored 57 points in the first half. And I think that energized this group with some confidence. But then to your point, I think really maybe you're right. It's Michigan State going to Iowa City and showing itself mm-hmm. that it could hang with the number four team in the country. And we used this line on the broadcast following when Maryland came to town because, look, the, the beginning of this Big Ten schedule has just been brutal for Michigan State. Yeah. It is front-loaded. Um, right. But they came back to play Maryland, and we mentioned in the, the interview to Robin, 
it, it seems rare that a team loses a game and gains more confidence. But I think that's what happened with Michigan State at Iowa. Because, look, you're right. Caitlin Clark went off. She had 40 points. She had the game winner. It took her 34 shots. Yes. The team had 67 shots. Caitlin Clark took more than half of them. And Mo Joyner uh, deserves all the credit in the world for guarding her as well as she did. But I, I think that proved to the team, they said, you know what? We didn't even play our best basketball. We had some silly turnovers. We had some self-inflicted mistakes. And we probably should have just beaten Caitlin Clark, who might be the best women's basketball player of all time, and the number four Iowa Hawkeyes. So I think you're right. I think that game kind of recalibrated something where then they come back to East Lansing. They beat Maryland. They go on the road to Ohio State. Didn't play well at Ohio State. Didn't shoot well, I should say. Uh, Only five threes. This is a team that makes ten threes a game. Um, but probably would have beaten Ohio State at Ohio State had they shot up to their average. Um, I, I think you're right. I think it recalibrated a confidence level in the squad. And there are two great opportunities for fans to go check out the team next week at Breslin Center. On Wednesday, <laughs> they play Purdue, and then Saturday, they play Michigan. Uh, that game's at noon That's right. next Saturday, the 27th. So I just want to highlight that. But, Dalton, you're the man. I, I, I mean, I, I, I can't have it be – what three months before I have you back on the show? I, I I'm, I'm picking myself, man, because I mean, look, it's always a blast talking with you. So really, really do appreciate you, my man. I have a great time too. Thanks for having me, Matt. Gang, until next time, which will be the weekend. We're gonna do a little bit of recruiting talk with Brian Smith, and of course, recap the Michigan State basketball game at Maryland before I suffer a heart attack during the Lions game on Sunday, which so yeah, next Sunday could be our last show. But, hey, who's to say, gang, until next time, enjoy yourself. Have a great weekend. Love you all. Go Green.